If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children COVID-19 update for March 4th, 2021. I'm Carol Vassar. This marks the final COVID-19 podcast update from Dr. Maureen Leffler and Dr. Jake Greenspan as they look back on year one of the pandemic through the eyes of Dr. Greenspan, how this once-in-a-lifetime event changed Nemours and him as he served as the Nemours COVID-19 Enterprise Incident Commander. Starting Monday, March 15th, the podcast turns its focus away from COVID-19 updates and toward hearing the COVID-19 stories of associates from across the enterprise. First, though, let's get that final COVID-19 situational update from Dr. Jay Greenspan. This is Jay Greenspan, and I'll give you a situational update for today, which is March 3rd, 2021. So a lot of good news, which is allowing us to really wind down the COVID-19 podcasts because we've seen really marked improvement. So we are seeing a drop in cases throughout the country, and we've seen a marked increase in vaccines, especially exciting is the new Johnson Johnson vaccine, which has come online. And although only 4 million have been delivered this week, there is excitement that they plan on ramping that up quickly. And at least in Delaware, we're anticipating that we will be moving to nearly universal availability of vaccine by early April. So we're working through the 1A and 1B category, and we're going to soon complete that, we hope. And within the next two to three weeks, we should be getting to just about everybody that wants a vaccine. And we're going to, at Nemours, look at some of our patients that are 16 and over that could get the Pfizer, especially those with complex medical situations. So very good news on the COVID front. But words of caution from the CDC that we have to still be vigilant and really let's try to knock this virus down uh, while we can, while we have all the tools before it changes. So, so please continue the social distance mask and wash. We have Mo, seen a few positive cases in associates, which just goes, goes to show that the virus is still out there and impacting even our Nemours associates. And with that, I'm going to pass it off to Mel. Thanks, Jay. So thanks for joining me. Um, I am thrilled to have you as my special guest today. We're turning the tables and I get to interview you. Um, and we're doing that to really mark the end of this special um, edition of our podcast. Several weeks ago, we transitioned to create the COVID-19 special edition podcast as a way for you to provide information to all of our associates hopefully helping people know where they could turn for reliable information, a trusted source, um, and to feel reassured and to feel better. You've done that for us in your role as Enterprise Incident Commander for the entire duration of this. I'm really grateful. So thank you. I'm grateful that we're in a place where we can start thinking about disbanding this podcast and going back to some regularly scheduled programming in terms of our Champions for Children podcast. So, you know, it's been a heck of a year. And we already year. It was about a year ago now that we had our first case of COVID identified in Florida. 
And just about a year ago that Delaware confirmed their first case, everybody started wearing masks, waiting in lines to go into grocery stores, looking for things that they couldn't find like hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, paper towels, toilet paper. And we all became really proficient in electronics. Um, who knew what we could do with Zoom and WebEx and telemedicine? Seemingly overnight, we shifted how we lived, how we gathered, we didn't travel. We had to really become isolated and really hunker down to protect ourselves, our families, and one another. We have lived through a year that's been incredibly stressful. People have been worried, scared, and we faced a summer of unrest that laid bare deep systemic issues centering on race, inclusion, and diversity in healthcare and in society at large. So Nemours and all of our associates have not been immune to these changes and struggles, and we've had to react um, so that we could really continue our mission to keep kids healthy. We um, did have major organizational pivots, and a lot of our work was led by UJ, our Nemours COVID-19 incident commander. Um, so I'm really grateful to spend some time with you today, really grateful to have the opportunity to take just some time with you and to hear about your perspective on this past year. So when you think about uh, the last year of our lives, what moments stand out for you? Yeah, it's been quite a, quite a year. And I remember when, when I first talked to Larry Moss about standing up Incident Command for the enterprise. It was the first time we had to do it. So Incident Command goes back to before the turn of the century when, you know, they were dealing with forest fires and events like that. And they wanted singular command so that you didn't have people running all over the place without single direction. And so that really works well with hurricanes and floods and snowstorms and fires, but it doesn't work well when it's maintained for a year. And it never happened at Nemours that we had a, a disaster in both Florida and Delaware Valley. And this was, we saw, we both, Larry and I and others saw this coming. We actually activated very early before we even had a single case in Delaware, but we knew it was just a matter of time. In fact, CDC had warned us, just a matter of time. And we saw it creeping down from New York and up from Florida on the East Coast. And sure enough, things changed. And so things changed really rapidly. But you forget that, you know, in the beginning, we weren't masking. We thought that we should, shouldn't have to mask. And there was a lot of videos and commentary about don't mask, don't steal the masks that our doctors need, cloth masks are not worthwhile. All that changed. So one thing I learned quickly was things were going to change. You have to be fluid. And that sometimes common sense makes sense. You know, if you have a cold, putting a mask on is a good idea. It probably always was a good idea. We've certainly seen that with flu and RSV this year, which is almost non-existent. We suspect it because people are wearing masks. What a good idea to wear a mask. And so common sense, you know, stay six feet apart from someone. <laughs> so that when they sneeze on you, you don't get it. I don't share straws. You know, all these things that, you know, as a mom, I know as a dad, but we don't practice ourselves. We learned. But I think the year is really marked by a rapid acceleration for me of a lot of learning and a lot of unveiling of things that we knew but just didn't believe. And that includes our battles with anti-racism and diversity and inclusion, our battles with wellness and, and behavioral problems and psychiatric problems. They all existed well before COVID, but COVID has accelerated I think progress in actually those areas, but also our awareness 
and our efforts. And so, you know, Mo, you were named chief wellness officer in the middle of all this, but we were thinking of that for, for a long time. Burnout was a problem, depression. We had suicide amongst too many physicians. COVID has just shown a bright light on all these issues and made us think and made us act, made us act on anti-racism, made us act on wellness and caring for each other and, you know, appreciating a hug. You know, it's really been a a big learning experience. um, And I think a movement for the entire country and for us at Nemours. And the one thing I will say over and over again, I say it all the time, is the incredible appreciation I have for everybody around. Incident commander, you know, the role is supposed to be make decisions and your orders have to stick and people react. But really, the power of that position is because there's a lot of talent around you and just empower people to do the job and the job gets done in remarkably fast and effective ways. So we learn to appreciate each other. We learn to appreciate each other in many different ways. And I think, I I think there's many silver linings to that. I agree. I think that this year has shined a light on things that we knew were there, but brought them to the surface and forced our hand really to start addressing some stuff and talking about some stuff in a really meaningful in real way. One of those is around healthcare workers, underlying distress, um, anxiety, imposter syndrome, depression, trauma, suicidality. And so I'm grateful that our profession is taking these issues really seriously and working really hard to support our people so that we can keep doing the amazing work that we get to do, which is really a privilege. So you had mentioned in a previous podcast, I think that this year has been challenging for everybody, yourself included. And I was just wondering if you would be comfortable sharing with us what you noticed was particularly difficult for you or how it affected you. Yeah. So uh, look, I was scared. We were scared. We were scared uh, for people at work, for friends at work, for family, for our kids. We didn't know in the beginning that it wasn't impacting kids. My youngest is in college. And I was thinking, uh, How's that going to work? He came home, you know, so there's all sorts of, I mean, there's so much turmoil that you couldn't help, but feel challenged every day. And, you know, you learn to, to lean on people that you care about and they care about you. And we, you know, I got so much closer to people like you, Mo, you know, we spend hours on the phone sometimes, you know, nights and weekends and just like, we we had a you know we had a discussion back w- with you about wellness and just telling each other you, you know to, pausing and, and and saying you care a little bit goes a long way and I had a whole lot of that so I think it, the stress was incredible I knew I could tell that by the way I slept <laughs> which wasn't well <laughs> and you know that that when things would happen that would be successful, you know, how much better I'd sleep that weekend or, you know, when associate in, in infections went down, I remember thinking, wow, we're getting there and, and how, what a relief that was. And you didn't realize the stress you were under. So I think part of what you've taught me is that you have to take care of yourself and COVID made you really take care of yourself. I remember back when we were doing instant command, we were meeting every day, seven days a week. And Larry finally said at one point, he said, I want everybody to take at least one day off. Find someone to fill your shoes. I know you think that no one can, <laughs> but find someone. That day, I remember that day when I turned off my cell phone 
it was like in the middle of April. So it had been six weeks and it was just like, I, I couldn't believe what happened to me. The weight that I didn't know was on my shoulders off. So I, as I look around, I could see other people not doing as well sometimes. And I just appreciate, you know, their struggles because I could feel it myself. And by the way, Mo, I, I'm, I'm even vaccinating today. And to see the relief on people's face, the tears, you know, it's really amazing. Um, you could tell that there's this pent up one year of just, uh, I haven't seen my mother. I haven't seen my child. Uh, life has not been the same. You know, we're starting to hopefully turn a corner, a real corner. Um, vaccines are rolling out. People are getting them. Rates are dropping. And we are, I think, starting to to really start thinking about what re-emerging looks like and coming out of this period of time looks like. And in some conversations, it's there's a sense of, okay, so we, we go back to normal, we go back. And in other conversations, there's more of a sense of, there will be some trauma and hurt that has been sustained and that needs to be managed and reconciled so that we can move into what our new normal sort of looks like. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about what would you anticipate for yourself or for our organization or for communities to be some of the experiences people have as we start to uncurl and emerge? Mo, I think I have three thoughts on that. The first is that we'll, we will never be the same. For good or for bad, we'll never be the same. We'll remember this forever. You know, you look back historically in 1917, 18, when the last big pandemic happened, things changed and people were never the same. You know, they changed things in their lives that were never that, that never returned to what happened before 1917. Uh, and I think that's going to happen here. We're, we're, you know, we're always going to feel a little uncomfortable doing a handshake, I think. Uh, not wearing a mask in public, I think. But even more subtle things will not change. And, and some of it are... Are, some of those things are good. We'll never go back to not appreciating telemedicine or moving to value. You know, do, does your child need to go to the ER? Maybe not. Things that we learned that you could get by with it with less or different. I don't think that's going to change. And some of that's really good. Secondly, is I, I do warn, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm warning myself and all of us that we can't overdo it, right? <laughs> we can't go out and run a marathon when we just get our cast off. I think there's going to be this excitement of I'm going to travel, I'm going to visit everybody, I'm going to you know go wild, I'm going to hit the bars. And that sort of happened in the 1920s, and I think we have to warn ourselves to just pace it, and that uh, we certainly don't want the virus to come back. But you know we're not prepared for this total recovery of lost year. The year is lost, and let's not try to recover that. And thirdly, I think that we have learned things from. Uh, this I hope we continue to grow with. So I think the new normal is going to be a much more inclusive and anti-racist and um, appreciative environment. I think we're going to learn to appreciate the hug, the, each other uh, more. And I think that's really going to be a good thing. So I'm excited, obviously, about the post-COVID era. I hope it comes in force and we don't see this freaking virus again <laughs> or something like it. Um, but we are we are different. We're going to be warned about viruses and do better next time. We're going to be, you know, we're warned about behavioral health and each other, and we should 
pay attention to that. And certainly the diversity and inclusion and all that effort has to has to really continue to, we can't forget. And by the way, we've done a lot of work on diversity, inclusion, anti-racism, but we, we've not, not done nearly enough and we really haven't moved the bar nearly enough. So all that has to continue. How are you different than you were a year ago, personally? I'm a little older. <laughs> I got more gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I've really, really learned to appreciate my family and my friends. Really. I I have learned, and I've said this in other podcasts, I've learned to really appreciate nurses. <laughs> nurses carried us through this pandemic medically, no question about it. In fact, <laughs> it's funny, Mo, I'm, 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 I helped set up a, a, a vaccine clinic in the convention center that, that I'm at now. I'm just, this is day one, we're doing 6,000, moving to 8,000 vaccines a day. And it's run by nurses. And I said, yeah, this is really smooth to the team. And they said, it's because it's run by nurses, Jay. And that's what happened. That's what happened in the morgues. You know, the, the nurses really had, they, they were in the front line. They, they, they were so brave. They just went into the rooms and full steam ahead. They didn't know. They put themselves at risk. So I've learned to really appreciate that. That's never going to change. And, uh, and I'm different in terms of my respect for my colleagues, all of them, pharmacists and respiratory therapists, all the, and each other are the, my fellow doctors. And you, Mo, I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you too, Jay, <laughs> very much. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say something to that point, which is on behalf of all of our associates, I thank you. Um, thanks for being our leader. Uh, your communications have been dubbed the Jay message. People turn to them, oh, we'll put that in the Jay message, or oh, look for that information in the Jay message. Um, you've been the the, the face and the voice that we've turned to for a year now. Thank you. I know that that has come at an incredible cost to you personally, and I'm really appreciative of it. Thanks for agreeing to do this podcast. Um, you've been stellar. I've loved working with you on it. Um, and I would love to know if there's anything you would like to say to all of our associates as we you know, bring this special edition COVID-19 podcast to a close. Hopefully, forever. <laughs> Any last messages or thoughts you'd like to share um, with all of our associates? It's been an honor. This year has been an honor. Although, you know, I've put in a lot of hours, obviously, so have a lot of people. And it's been an honor to be part of this podcast and really be your enterprise instant commander. And, uh, and you know, there's a team behind those daily emails that we were moved to weekly. And all those people deserve thanking. And, you know, I'm so honored to be part of, to have been part of Nemours through this incredible year and, and to be to be part of that. And I just want to, you know, I was going to say in the very beginning of the pandemic, when we, had, we made a video and I didn't know what, what was going to happen. This is how naive I was. I said, you know, in a couple months when this is all over, we're going to take over the estate and have a big party. <laughs> I was thinking that'd be May <laughs> 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but I still feel that we deserve a, a celebration. Uh, I hope we, uh, I hope we can have that soon. And um, you know, and hugs all around. Virtual hugs for now, of course. Real hugs coming soon. Thank you to Dr. Jay Greenspan and Dr. Maureen Leffler for their vision and leadership. The Nemours Champions for Children podcast is created for Nemours Associates, past, present, and future. And that's why the microphones will be turned toward you, 
to listen, document, and share your COVID-19 experiences. Whether personal, professional, or both, recording and sharing these stories is an important part of Nemours' history, and it's our goal to capture it for future generations to hear. We hope you and your fellow associates will consider taking part by sharing your COVID-19 stories. It takes about half an hour. It's all done remotely. Individuals and groups are welcome. Social distancing protocols apply. To set up an interview at your convenience, email podcast at namours.org. That's podcast at namours.org. The Nemours Champions for Children podcast is available on Nemoursnet and the Nemours Now app, as well as your favorite podcast app and your smart speaker. It's free for streaming and download. Thanks to our production team, Dr. Maureen Leffler, Dr. Jay Greenspan, Sandra Harmon, Cheryl Munn, Deborah Griffin, and Peter Adebe. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. On behalf of Dr. Maureen Leffler and Dr. Jay Greenspan, I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening to this COVID-19 update episode of the Champions for Children podcast. We'll be back on Monday, March 15th with the first of COVID-19 stories from Nemours Associates. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children we serve.